We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Ron DeSantis is expected to join Elon Musk in a special Twitter event to announce his 2024 presidential campaign. Hey, Trump, DeSantis ticket by all the polling I've seen, really formidable. The House introduces a bipartisan bill to address the border crisis. They created this migration crisis, the Biden administration, Secretary Mayorkas. Ford will keep AM radio in their 2024 fleet of vehicles. We're concerned for our consumers, our listeners. That's why we're still very important, along with that emergency information. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Wednesday, May 24th. I'm Mike Scott. According to reports, Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis will officially enter the 2024 presidential race during a special event with Twitter owner Elon Musk today, beginning at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Breaking news out of Florida. After all the talk and speculation surrounding Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor is finally expected to announce his 2024 presidential run tomorrow night. On, wait for it, Twitter. SpaceX founder Elon Musk will help launch DeSantis' presidential campaign into orbit. That's what the script says, not my words. With DeSantis using Musk's platform of 140 million plus followers on Twitter as a way to gain momentum over former President Donald Trump in the GOP primary. Donald Trump is yet to return to Twitter after being reinstated by none other than Elon Musk. Reporter Kelly Meyer explains... Why Ron DeSantis choosing to potentially launch his presidential campaign on Twitter is such a big deal. We haven't seen anything like this before. And to do this in a conversation with Elon Musk, someone that has a a vast reach on Twitter. He has some 140 million followers. Maybe that's something that uh, the Florida governor can tap into with this announcement. Uh, But they're going to do this in a conversation on Twitter spaces. It's a live audio chat that they will be having. Uh, It's interesting whether or not Elon will come out and officially endorse DeSantis. It's something that he hasn't officially said yet, though he has been an admirer of him in the past. They've been friends for quite a while. But Elon Musk has also tweeted in the past couple days about about uh, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, who had just jumped into the race a few days ago. So it is interesting to see how this unravels. There's a lot to unpack on the reasons why they may be doing this on Twitter, why he's doing this with Elon Musk. Uh, But this will be happening 6 p.m. Eastern uh, Wednesday night. Our sources confirm him jumping officially into this race. The online conversation between DeSantis and Musk will reportedly be moderated by David Sachs, a Republican donor and ally of both the Florida governor and the owner of SpaceX. Musk seemingly confirmed the report on his platform by retweeting a Fox News reporter who shared the news. John Solomon 
is the editor-in-chief at the Washington Times, and he joins the Salem Radio Network discussing Ron DeSantis throwing his hat into the 2024 presidential race. Donald Trump's uh, like the Price is Right guy. Come on down. I want as many people in the race as possible because he wins much easier in uh, in a crowded field. Even head-to-head with Ron DeSantis, I think early on Donald Trump has shown I'm more experienced, I've done the job, I've been on the stage, I've been in retail politicking. Solomon lays out what he feels are some of the weaknesses DeSantis may have as a presidential candidate. Uh, Ron DeSantis is going to have a tough time. He's a very talented guy and he's got a great record. And I think his speech here last night laid out a great predicate for why you would elect him, right? I'll make America Florida. If you like what I did in Florida, we can do that for America. That's not a bad argument to make. He's had some difficulty with the media. He's had some difficulty with temper. He's had difficulty making relationships or sustaining relationships. Those are important skills he's going to have to acquire quickly if he's going to be going head-to-head with Donald Trump. However, Solomon does think that regardless of whatever weaknesses he may have, many conservatives would like to see a Trump-DeSantis ticket. If he doesn't, and if we go into the November-December time frame and he's still 20, 30 points behind, um, you know, he might still see what happens in Iowa. Iowa's always a slingshot. He could drop out very early and create the sort of consensus ticket that I think a lot of Americans, at least conservative Americans, would like to see. Hey, Trump, the Santa's ticket by all the polling I've seen, really formidable, particularly when you're up against a Biden ticket, no matter who's on the ticket, with the economy that he's going to be going into 2024. However, other political experts say that there could be some risk in DeSantis announcing a presidential bid on social media. That is, it may seem like DeSantis will have a lot of muscle in his corner, but that's a tactic that former President Trump has often used to his advantage. Political watchers say Trump is very adept at portraying himself as an underdog, and Trump's campaign may be able to paint DeSantis as being in bed with a corporate titan aligning against his movement. Republican Senator Tom Cotton says deterrence is key to preventing a major military conflict with China. Daybreak Insider's Bob Agnew is in Washington with more on this story. Senator Cotton says it's time to update the decades-long U.S. policy toward protecting Taiwan. I do agree that we need to change strategic ambiguity about Taiwan to strategic clarity. Cotton says without a credible red line around Taiwan, China may feel emboldened to invade. So the best way to deter that invasion from happening is to be clear about our intentions. Drawing on history, Cotton says World War II may have been avoided had Western allies sent a clear message to Germany in the previous decades. That's why... Churchill called it the unnecessary war. Senator Cotton was interviewed by the Salem Radio Network. Bob Agner reporting. On Tuesday, Republican Representative Maria Salazar of Florida and Democrat Veronica Escobar unveiled their Dignity Act of 2023 as a way to try and tackle the crisis at the southern border on a bipartisan basis. A proposed solution. Two lawmakers, Democrat Veronica Escobar and Republican Maria Salazar, introduced what they call the Dignity Act, a comprehensive border and immigration bill. It combines border security measures and immigration changes that would provide a pathway to citizenship for many undocumented people like DREAMers and those who serve in the military, among others. 
Despite nearly 40 years of attempts and failures from Congress to pass such a bill, Congresswoman Salazar tells me this moment is different. And I pressed Congresswoman Salazar a bit further on that question of whether she thinks that this is the right time, whether the incentives in Congress has changed in order for her and her Democratic counterpart to pass this bill. And what she told me is the simple fact that this is beginning in a bipartisan way, Elizabeth, bodes well for them. We're going to see how this bill progresses. Escobar says that Congress is to blame for the border crisis. The situation that many of us have been witnessing over a number of years has grown more dire. And I want you to know there are real consequences for congressional inaction. Meanwhile, Salazar believes that the chaotic situation at the border will force Congress to finally move on a plan to tackle the immigration crisis. Look at the border. And look at the business community. They're desperate looking for hands. And look at the border. We've never had a situation at the border the way we have it now. So circumstances will bring results. According to the bill, the U.S. will implement a five-year technology investment plan at the southern border, a $10 billion port expansion program, the hiring of additional border agents, and the establishment of a shelter services program for local communities dealing with a rush of migrants. The proposed legislation also calls for what it deems the Dignity Clause, which is a seven-year protected status for undocumented workers with no criminal history, followed by a five-year redemption or waiting period to be eligible for U.S. citizenship. However, Republican Representative Mike Green of Tennessee says he's not on board and the border situation is chaotic. This is, it's been a nightmare for Texas. You know, your reporter was talking about a billion dollars in New York City. Uh, Think of their budget, right? And in Texas, they spent four billion last year. They just voted another four billion for next year. Uh, Thanks for pointing out El Paso statistics versus New York City. Uh, I hope it, I hope it shines a light on what's going on at the border. It's pandemonium down there. Green takes issue with the new bill's so-called dignity clause that he believes is a form of amnesty and will only incentivize more people to come to the U.S. illegally. If you do anything with amnesty or any of that stuff now, any immigration solution is just going to incentivize more people to come. That's the problem. They're catch and release policies. Look, when Trump left office and Biden came into office, the budget at CBP didn't go down. The number of agents didn't go down. What happened were 89 policies that were thrown in the garbage by this president, and it's incentivized people to pour across our southern border. They created this migration crisis, the Biden administration, Secretary Mayorkas. If you do, if you double down on people, hey, come on, you'll get uh, a citizenship or whatever, more will come and the problem will only amplify Green does point out that the Republican-led House has already sent a border security bill to the Senate and are waiting on Senate Democrats to take it up. I don't think they're paying attention to to what uh, the mayor of New York is saying right now. Now, maybe maybe it gets loud enough. Uh, I certainly hope so. People ask me, your border security bill that you passed just recently, is it going to pass the Senate? And what I tell them is, look, Joe Biden changed his mind on the D.C. crime bill 
when America got loud. He said he was going to veto it. He wound up signing it into law. He's changed his mind on negotiating, and he's changed his mind on a clean debt ceiling. So if the American people will get loud enough, maybe, just maybe, the Senate will pick up that bill we sent them and do something. The move comes as the House continues to hold hearings on the border crisis. The hearings have so far produced one report, and in it, the blame for the death of a young girl by an alleged MS-13 gang member who was illegally in the U.S. fell on the Biden administration. A first-in-the-nation ban on TikTok enacted by Montana lawmakers is being challenged in federal court. We hear more from Daybreak Insider Norman Hole. TikTok lawyers argue that Montana's ban is an unconstitutional violation of free speech rights and is based on unfounded speculation that the Chinese government could access users' data. According to the lawsuit, TikTok says it has not shared and would not share U.S. user data with the Chinese government. The federal government and about half the U.S. states have banned TikTok from government-owned devices. Montana's new law prohibits all downloads of TikTok in the state. The platform and app stores could face heavy fines for violations. I'm Norman Hall. AM radio is staying, at least for now. That's according to Ford CEO Jim Farley, who announced Tuesday that his company will reverse course and include AM radio on all 2024 Ford and Lincoln vehicles. Farley went on to say that the decision came after speaking with lawmakers about the importance of keeping AM radio in vehicles for emergency alerts. Ford says they are reversing their decision to remove AM radios from their new vehicles. In a social media posting, Ford's CEO said the company talked to government policy leaders who expressed their concerns about removing AM radios, which are often used to broadcast emergency alerts. Massachusetts Senator Ed Markey recently sponsored a bill that would require AM radio to be put in new vehicles at no additional cost. He praised Ford's decision, saying, quote, Ford's reversal reflects an overdue real about the importance of AM radio, but too many automakers are still going in the wrong direction, end quote. Other automakers, including Tesla and BMW, have also pulled AM radio from their newer models. This comes as there is a push for the removal of AM radios from electric vehicles, all due to the AM radio frequencies being impacted by the electromagnetic noise in EV propulsion systems. Brian Winnikins is owner of WRDN in Wisconsin, and he explains why AM radio is so important. For farmers, 76% of farmers still use AM, FM free, over-the-air radio to get their daily farm news and market information. Also, uh, there's the community service of it. We do high school sports. Many AM radio stations do high school sports, local news, community events. Again, uh, like for us, that's our job as local, free, over-the-air AM and FM broadcasters. And so AM is still important. And AM goes a lot farther than an FM signal does. And in, in one of my friends who owns a station in Kansas, they estimated just for their one AM signal to cover the entire state of Kansas like they do, they would need 12 100,000-watt FM signals. 
So that's, we don't want, we're concerned for our consumers, our listeners, that they're going to lose their ability for free over the air local radio. And that's why we're still very important along with that emergency information. In February, seven former FEMA administrators wrote to Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg and a few congressional committees asking for the U.S. government to seek assurances from automakers that AM radio will remain a feature in vehicles as it can deliver alerts from FEMA during national disasters and extreme weather events. The White House describes the ongoing debt ceiling talks as productive. Daybreak Insider's White House correspondent Greg Clugston has the very latest on the talks. Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said White House and congressional negotiators continue to hold talks and President Biden remains hopeful a deal can be reached to avert a default. If everyone is working in good faith and uh, recognizes that uh, no one is going to get, either side is going to get exactly what they want, we'll get it done. Asked about House Republican claims that the president isn't treating the debt ceiling crisis with urgency, Jean-Pierre called that ridiculous. Greg Clugston, The White House. NFL is set to extend the contract of its most notable executive. Daybreak Insider sports correspondent Gethin Kulbaugh joins us with more on the contract extension for Roger Goodell. Commissioner Roger Goodell and the NFL have agreed on the framework of a three-year contract extension that will keep him in place until 2027. Indianapolis Colts owner Jim Ursay confirmed Tuesday at the league meetings. Goodell's current deal expires in 2024. He has been commissioner of the league since replacing Paul Tagliabue in 2006. Ursay says he's under the impression Goodell will retire after the extended contract expires and be involved in the development of a potential successor. I'm Gethin Coolbaugh. And finally, this past weekend, many fans in Massachusetts went to see Taylor Swift in concert and were greeted with a downpour. This is the rainiest rain show that ever rain showed. The singer decided that a little rain on her onstage parade wasn't enough to end the concert. She played through the bad weather and fans were thankful in more ways than one. A few fans are bottling the rainwater and are selling it online. Taylor Swift. Yesterday, we told you about the singer sold out and rain-soaked Saturday show at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Well, now listen to this. That rainwater is up for sale. Yes, jars of droplets from Taylor's Bejeweled Eras Tour. Look at this. Oh, my God. They're popping up online for hundreds of dollars. Although it looks like web retailers have started pulling some of these posts down. Swifties will stop at nothing to get their hands on this tour. Taylor's concerts continue this weekend, not too far from here, where we are this morning in East Rutherford, New Jersey. I mean, drops of rainwater. You know what? For sale. Got a price. And like you could have been in the back and caught some rainwater. You're still selling it. While the posts have mostly been taken down from online resale platforms, fans who managed to snag a look at the bold sellers couldn't believe what they were seeing. It's me. 
Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at srnnews.com and townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott.